Welcome to episode 167 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is going to be an X-Men catch-up episode, which I said with the books coming back near the end of May, I will be having more and more of these X-Men catch-up shows. May even have to throw some of them on the Patreon just to get them done before the books come back, Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I am finishing up the Born Again story, the Daredevil book. That's going to be done in a little bit as well. So once that's done, all the separate podcasts, aside from the big one with me and Brandon, they'll all be the X-Men catch-up deal. And if you want to listen to me catch up on other things like Immortal Hulk, uh, Jane Foster, Valkyrie, things like that. I will be and continue to do those on the Patreon. So I should just say it's patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and support us, but get a ton of shows like the ones I just mentioned. It is more to get more than just throw money at us. Though you could, I could dance around. You can throw some money. Don't make it hail by throwing quarters at me. I wouldn't like that. I might get hurt. But I am here after a long weekend of recording a lot of things, including my DC Comics podcast I do with Eric. And usually by very tired, uh, which you probably can tell. You probably can tell by the way I am talking right now. But I'm going to be talking about two X books. I'm going to be talking about Excalibur number two and Marauders number two. And if you have been listening to my catch-ups, you realize these are kind of two, not two different sides of the same coin. Uh, They're more of a, I don't know, are they bookends one down the line, one up? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying that I like Marauders and I don't like Excalibur. I don't know why I'm trying to come up with these, you know, puns and and illusions and and illusions and delusions i don't know i don't know what's going on very very tired so here we go we're gonna start with excalibur number two and it's not like i hate excalibur when i talked about it the first time i just said it, it is one of those books that is a little bit beyond my grasp now hopefully as we go and get more and more issues Teeny Howard comes, she holds my hand, she ends up explaining some things to me, she ends up showing me some neat things, and gets me fully on board. That's not really going to happen in this issue. This issue, to me, is a setup issue, which is an odd for a number two, but it sets up some things, and really, after the first issue... What I wanted was let's get the heck to the other world and let's get, you know, things going on against Morgan and let's get Brian and all that. No, no, we're just going to set things up. Some neat things, but things again 
that are going to be neat to people who are familiar with the Excalibur deal, familiar with Captain Britain in particular, which I am not. But it's starting to win me over a little. I will admit it's written by Teeny Howard. It's art by Marcus Toe. Colors by Eric Arcianega. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And I'll read you the little recap. Destiny awaits thee. Oh, my. What is that glory? Isn't that born again? Oh, the new nation of Krakoa offers the promise of peace to mutant kind. But peace has been hard to come by. Isn't it always? Formerly villainous apocalypse, now known as A, has declared his intentions to harness mutant magic, but not everyone is convinced, especially since his experimentation seemed to put Rogue into a mysterious floral coma and war in Otherworld called uh, Brian Braddock into battle against the sorceress Morgan Le Fay. But when she possessed Brian, he used the last of his strength to give his sister, twin sister Betsy, the amulet of right bestowing upon Betsy the mantle of Captain Britain. It's weird, too, because I ended up getting the amulet of left and became Captain Canada. You know, is that Captain Canuck? I don't know. But, yeah, that was a jump. But you you go into this, and you do get a really quick entry deal of the original lighthouse formation, the Braddock lighthouse, the Captain Britain Lighthouse, which you end up having our team here, and it's a team that's including Kitty uh, from the Marauders as well, but also having Jubilee, uh, Gambit, Captain Britain, Betsy, and then Rogue in her floral coma. They are on the boat heading to find the lighthouse, and with that, they are going to go and turn it into kind of a Krakoan deal, and that's what happens eventually, but they can't find the lighthouse they're looking for it and there's some jokey lines concerning rogue in this you know floral coma hey did anybody kiss her yet it's something that i actually laughed about last issue gambit does not want to joke and why would he i mean rogue is there she's in a coma they have no idea what's going on with her this isn't like one of those where well, you know, we've seen this before, and when that happens, she does this, that, and the other thing. And we, no, 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 they, they have no idea what's going on. And as they're going to find the lighthouse and trying to, you know, save Brian, you have Betsy doing her Captain Britain stuff there. Gambit just wants Rogue back. That's all he wants. Jubilee, through all this, also has something with Shogo, who's back on Krakoa, her baby. She wants to make sure he's safe. So, Everybody here, except probably Kitty, I mean, Kate, she really doesn't have anything to really deal with except, hey, you know, I can't use the gates, but boy, I'm doing Marauders things. But everybody on this boat, everybody on the kind of official team for Excalibur here has somebody that they're worried about, at least, if not somebody they have to save. But as they are going, they end up getting attacked. They're still in the boat. You have Gambit, who's upset broken-hearted even and being broken-hearted ends up drawing out the seals these old scottish seal people that seem to be like mermaids they they actually end up looking like they're made of mud and they come out and attack you end up having an okay way to show some powers but not really doing that. I wish that what this was, because really these seal women who are attacking the boat really don't do anything. 
they yeah they attack which then ends up making betsy say they have to be after me i'm gonna jump off the boat i'm gonna swim to the shore and through all this you have kate i can't see anything it's getting dark we need the lighthouse why isn't there a light there is none because we find out the lighthouse has been destroyed but these seal people i wish that you ended up having it more Let's see some power sets for the people who aren't familiar with Jubilee or Gambit or even, you know, Betsy as Captain Britain. But you only get a little bit before Betsy just jumps off and they do chase her. These seal creature demons chase her, but she just gets to shore in two seconds later. And it actually... It ends up when she's on shore and, oh, you know what? They they can't get up to, to me. They can't walk on land. Here I am. I'm on this little cliff face. Hey, I'm going to levitate. I'm going to bring Rogue over here. You guys join me. There's no real reason for these seal people except to get them to go to shore before they see the lighthouse. But they even end up on the spot that the lighthouse should be. And I thought, well, that, that's a little odd. That That's a little bit of a, a downer that this just happens for no reason. And maybe it'll come into play later. But they end up getting Rogue to take her to high ground to where the lighthouse would be. And as they get up there, Betsy sees some cloaked druids. They're in green cloaks and says, hey, what's with the green cloak guys down there? Nobody else can see them. So she goes down to talk. She goes, yeah, hey, what's up there? What's up there, Green Cloaks? Uh, Oh, you are a seer. Then see, because she says to them as they're walking away, hey, you know what happened to the lighthouse? I mean, it's supposed to be here, right? See. And you end up seeing uh, more. You end up, it's Mariana Stern from the last issue, from the Akaba cult, that whole deal. They came at a ritual. They destroyed it. And the lighthouse is something that seems to be destroyed on the reg. So it's not that crazy. But with this, then the druids then say, all right, you know, we're going to deal with you now. You're going to help us against this whole deal with the Akaba cult, with all this bad stuff coming down. Uh, You are granted the... Krakoan deal that you can make the lighthouse again she's like huh that's weird so she goes back and that's where they have rogue and I think that maybe you end up having I I don't know there there is a dialogue that seems to want to go to another character while it's going on but it's just Betsy yelling it because you end up she said it was Morgan her agents they burned my family's castle and Gambit says, well, you were talking the invisible people like that. And yet, yeah, they, they aren't invisible just because you can't see them. What's happening to Rogue? We've been granted permission. And, and then this Lambula, it, it never leaves Betsy. But it seems like it should be, hey, Gambit, they aren't invisible just because you can't see them. And then I think that maybe Jubilee or Gambit was supposed to say, like, hey, what's happening to Rogue? And then have... Betsy say, we've been granted permission. This land belongs to more than just Krakoa. But what ends up happening is Rogue in this floral coma, the floral deal itself just rises up and makes the new lighthouse. And the illumination at the top, the light of the lighthouse is Rogue. Rogue is illuminated at the point you saw as they were going through that she already was. So she is the light of the lighthouse, still in the coma. And I really do like Gambit's line. He's like, that light, is that my girl? And then they go up, and it is. And it looks really neat. I mean, just the visual of her 
in this lighthouse top where she's in the middle and she is the light going out. But this is the thing where the lighthouse, it is a, you know, a dimensional nexus. This is the thing that connects. But now it's also connecting Krakoa. It's a Krakoa portal type deal. It's a little bit different here. And it's cool. I I like that idea. Again, though, I'm sitting there like, okay, well, what what's going on? Let, let's see what this book is all about. They talk a little bit about these druids, things like that. You end up having Jubilee. You know, I miss my baby. I, I should have brought him here, but it's not safe here. Even Gamut says, I wish I didn't have to bring Rogue here. <laughs> it is not safe here. But she wants Shogo. She's worried about him alone on Krakoa, especially with Apocalypse there. And they kind of just go to bed. Hey, it's time to go to bed. I'm going to get some shut-eye. And when they go, you end up having Jubilee have a nightmare, a nightmare that Apocalypse has found Shogo and says, hey, I, I always can find humans lurking in the Garden of Mutant Paradise. And really, he's so small and so human. And you end up having Jubilee. I, I can't move. Shogo, Shogo. She wakes up and realizes, okay. That was a nightmare, but like a mother or father, anybody, when you have a nightmare like that, and and I'll tell you, as a father of five kids, you do end up having some weird, and you do then have to go and see them if you had that nightmare. I'm not one who's going to have a nightmare that one of my kids ends up doing something crazy and then just going back to bed. I have to go down and check on them, even if they're now 24. But you still do. And she doesn't just do that. She goes to get Shogo and bring him back to the lighthouse. In the meantime, you have Betsy, who is in a dream state, being led by a fire fox. Actually looks a lot like from The Simpsons. Uh, If this fox actually did talk and you could hear the voice, it probably would be Johnny Cash. I think that what Betsy ended up showing is that she ended up eating that crazy pepper that took her into the land. Uh, She ends up going. And again, it is hooked up to Apocalypse kind of deal, this vision type dream where they end up taking Betsy to a, a feast kind of plates where a statue of Apocalypse is holding these plates. And the plate says he will use us. We can use him. And it seems like a lesson there that may be. You know, something you should learn very quickly because as this continues on, Apocalypse is going to make an appearance. But Betsy wakes up and it's Shogo. He's there. Jubilee is gone. And Shogo's so cute. He's there eating Betsy's hair. And she's like, sorry, he's got this thing with purple right now. Hey, Shogo, don't do that. Um, But they are like, I can't believe you brought him here. This is crazy. You end up having Gambit like, oh, man, you shouldn't have done this, all this stuff. Well, in the meantime, the druids return to talk to Betsy. And I didn't know that it was a thing. I don't even know if she knew it a thing, that they were going off to kind of vote, a vote of confidence to see if they really do want to accept Betsy as Captain Britain. And thank God. They come back and say, yeah, you know what? You're our gal. You're the new Captain Britain. That's great. Coven Akaba are our enemies. They threaten the health of our home in these lands and just goes through. You are now going to protect us. Now, with this, Betsy does say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, I'm kind of like Captain Britain for the weekend. I'm only, you know, holding the mantle here. My brother will be back. The former captain is not dead. He will return. I'm going to make sure of that. And one of the things that is pretty big 
the druids say he's not going to get back in time. Uh, you know, we need you now. In, in fact, look, here they come, <laughs> look over the trees, and they do get attacked. They get attacked by these demons. And as this is happening, it's, you know, it's Morgan's forces, Akaba, all these things going on, the Coven Akaba, which is a coven that was formed as apocalypses, you know, human magician people that help out what do you call them assistants and so while you have betsy fighting you end up having apocalypse go into the mind and saying hey you need my help i can come and help you you know this this is kind of my thing i am just come we'll just wipe these guys out she's like no no don't need your help i don't want your help old apocalypse or a as you just stay out of it and please you're messing me up you keep talking to me I, I can't concentrate. Let me fight here. And you do end up having rogue. They all jump in as Apocalypse keeps saying, come on, let me, let me, come on, let me play. Let me play kickball with you. You end up having Betsy like, aren't, aren't these people like your people anyway? This is ridiculous. And he does explain this. It's, it's very well done. I think Teeny Hour does a very good job of explaining. He says, uh, Coven Akaba were once my human servants. That was the thing I wanted to say. Powerful magi, true, but they came to believe a foolish lie. And the foolish lie is that they were as superior as the mutants and Apocalypse himself. So they ended up g- getting upset. He says, heresy. Heresy when you think these humans, even if they are magicians, even if they are David Blaine. Or, or out of nowhere, they're mind-freaking you like Chris Angel. They are not as superior as Apocalypse and the Mutants. And pretty much, he rejected them. And, and Betsy thinks that's, you know, bullcrap. Oh, my God, you rejected the people that actually devoted their lives to you? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's kind of a thing I do. Uh, he still wants to help. He wants to get there to help. No, no. But then Betsy's like, is this why all of this is happening now? Like you you put that gate from Krakoa to Morgan's castle. It, it, were you just throwing it in their faces? Were you trying to start this? And he's like, ah, you know, no, what I want to do is, is a cleansing. Anytime any bad guy, and I know Apocalypse, you can't say he's necessarily a bad guy anymore in these books because all mutants are equal. And But he's a bad guy. A bad guy saying a cleansing, never good. But he he says that and he's like, oh, you know, and and now he's going to dig in like, and and by the way, Betsy, you know, they call you witch breed. And and now you end up saying, oh, Britain is to the mutants. You ended up making the lighthouse again from Krakoan deal. You're a mutant. You're now Captain Britain. So you're kind of throwing in your face as well. So let's go for it. You know, let's do it. And he says, let me handle this. She says, I don't want your help. But she even says, I got to save. I got to save my brother, but I can't save my brother and protect the lighthouse. And they're coming. They're just going to come and destroy the lighthouse again. And, and there is that little side note of if they destroy the lighthouse, it's rogue as well. So Apocalypse, he's had enough no's. Now he's just going to show up. And it's one of those. It's better to ask you know, forgiveness than permission. He's just going to show up now. Boom. He just destroys all these guys. It's like he snaps his fingers, but he uses the powers. Boom. They're done. And there's a little bit of an argument. You end up having Gambit and Jubilee not very happy that Apocalypse has arrived, especially Jubilee. But Apocalypse says, you guys go. You guys go into the other world. You go and save Brian. Do all that. I will protect 
the lighthouse and then a real bad butt deal he says there is nobody who can defeat me and rogue i mean me and rogue are here and nobody's going to be able to defeat us gambit of course does not want to leave rogue with apocalypse you even have the idea of and also leave shogo he, he'd be pretty fun here right no what you end up having is betsy says i know i i can get us to the other world i can make a portal uh, you know, here we go. But as this is going on, it's almost like let's go on one, two, three, go. But we're not going to go on three because things are you end up have Jubilee just wants to take Shogo back to Krakoa first and then go. But the portal goes. And when they end up on the other side in the other world in a cool deal, they end up with Gambit. Looks like he's got some Gambit looking Dungeons and Dragons outfit. Jubilee doesn't look that much different. But yeah, obviously, Betsy and the Captain Britain deal. And Jubilee says, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And then right behind him is a huge dragon Shogo. I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, it looks like he's a dragon now. And it's it's cool. I'm telling you, as I was reading this again and talking about it right now, it is getting me. I, I will admit that I'm enjoying it a little more, and I'm enjoying it in the way of, boy, I don't know much about Captain Britain, Betsy, so all these things going and twisting and turning and all that. I am enjoying seeing it, and I always liked Jubilee, but never really read much with her in it. So I like having her and Shogo's cute as heck. So I, I do like this book enough with that i think i'm gonna be positive i think i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten i really do like the art i think the art is really really good but yeah eight out of ten and now i will go and see if i like the book that i have really enjoyed in that first round if i like it as much and that's marauders number two all right marauders number two written by jerry dugan art by matteo loli colors by frederico blee and letters by vc's Corey pet it and it's an issue that says it's called royal we a royal we is that when the prince takes a leak oh my where there it is. the prince takes a leak. uh maybe even the queen right hey mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of krakow for safety security and to be part of the first mutant society and to be seen, the Hellfire Trading Company is responsible for dis- distrib- distributing Krakoa's pharmaceuticals to friendly nations and smuggling mutants out of uh, unfriendly ones. Currently run by two leaders, Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost, a third governing chair remains open. Yeah, I can talk. This is all wrong. And I can read, I think. Reading is hard. And as I said going into this, uh, the Marauders book is the one of the two that I really like. The X-Men main title being the other one that I really, really like. But I like each one its own separate way. It's like having kids. You don't have a favorite. You like them all in a different way. That's a lie. You you go through things. And again, I am a father of five boys, maybe some men. Uh, And there are points where you have favorites. There really is. And it's, it's one of those where you can say to your kids, if you have multiple kids and they say, am I your favorite daddy or mommy? You say, well, and be honest, not right now. You better start doing some things around here and maybe you can get back there. You at one point, you were one of my favorites. But right now, you're really slipping. You're slipping. You better get to it, right? That's what I say. That's why 
None of my kids like me. I I really think that's why, right? What kind of nonsense is this? Yeah, so we start out here, and you do end up starting out with Emma talking to the cuckoos, talking about how the ladies first notion, not just mutants, but the ladies first deal. The ladies have to be strong together. I like the sentiment, and it does end up coming to play by the end when we find out that there is not going to be a Red King. But while this is also going on, you have Emma talking to Sebastian Shaw. It is Hellfire Company stuff. And I will admit that at first I thought I wasn't going to enjoy it again. The Hellfire Trading Company is something that I'm not real familiar with, not really even intrigued. But I do like this because it's Emma Versus Sebastian Shaw in trash talking. There is underhanded stuff going on, which I'm assuming that if you are familiar, you would say, well, that's what it always is. Well, I like that. I always like a little trash talk. I always like where you have some people working for maybe a common goal, but they don't like each other. They want to embarrass the other. You know, that's fun. And that's what you get here, obviously, because you have Emma already employing Kate as the marauders going around and stopping a lot of things that they want to control. And that was one of the things from the beginning. If you are going to have this medicines and all these things going around the world for the mutants, that was part of the deal. If you accept the mutant nation of Krakoa, you get these medicines that will pretty much cure everything. Uh, And so with that, though, to be able to work this to its fullest extent, You have to also control the black market, which they do through the Hellfire Trading Company. But in the meantime, you have Sebastian Shaw and the Hellfire Trading. They're doing underhanded things. You're ending up where they want to make the most money. You have a Sebastian Shaw here that Emma keeps pointing out. You don't really have a lot of money right now. She even says in one of the best trash talking deals of this whole issue, I think that losing money might be your latent mutant ability and it's coming to play here. Uh, so he is, you know, going and getting some people, maybe Batrock the Leaper to go and steal some shipments. And, and so what we see is a lot of the things that Kate has been doing, and I mean Kate Pride, has been doing with this is kind of, you know, sticking it to Sebastian all this time. The, the stuff that they have been stopping, this is Sebastian Shaw's stuff. He is losing some money. He's trying to kind of get what's going on. Now, through this all, you do have this the seats here with the, the trading company, and you do have the, you know, Emma, Sebastian, and the other seat that's typically the Red King that is open. Now, that is going to be if Sebastian gets to put a person that he wants in that position, you end up with a majority for Sebastian. If you end up with Emma, then she has it. So with anything that would come down to a vote, you know, this is a important seat. This is a real important seat. And the whole issue, it's kind of going in and out of who gets to pick who, what's going on, who is going to be the pick. Now, that's fine. Like I said, I'm not that familiar with the Hellfire Trading Company. So I like it. I like it as it went on more. By the end, I was really enjoying the stuff with Sebastian and Emma. But what I really want is the Marauders. And you end up having Jerry Dugan do a really good deal where 
You start with the intriguing little mystery, like, what is Emma talking about? So the cuckoo is there. Okay. And, like, you know, it's pretty much girl power, ladies first, like Queen Latifah sang. And so when you go then to Sebastian kind of doing this sort of thing, and then you go and it's all mixed in with the marauders there fighting their way, stopping a, you know, a, a hijacked shipment by Bat Rock the Leaper, who I love. And if you have listened to the podcast, he has come up in a bunch of other issues. And I always want to say Batrock the Leper, probably the worst villain, hero, anything ever. If you actually had Batrock the Leper, he, he jumps and all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, we we have to end this hockey game because there's a face off in the corner. Right. Some leopard jokes here. I bet you didn't think they were going to come out today. But you end up with them going and you have the Marauders. And this is what I said in the past issue where when I was talking about Excalibur, where I like to see the power sets of the mutants, especially ones that I don't know. Now, I'm a little more in tune with the Marauders team, but still, I like seeing the idea of Lockheed and Pyro teaming up again to do Pyro's deal. I do like seeing Bobby Iceman doing his stuff. You end up having Batrock end up leaping up and kicking uh, Storm, who does not like that. And I also like seeing that the team is coming together as a team. These are not just Krakoan mutants. They're not. They're not just. Uh, you know, they are brothers and sisters in all of this. Especially when you end up having Storm get kicked. Pyro doesn't like that. Nobody likes that. And I like as it's going on, too, because I said in the first issue, all I really need from this book is to show uh, Kitty. Kate Pride is badass. She is. A guy comes up. You want to dance, girly? And she's like, I got this lock. And ends up legitimately dancing with this guy. (laughs) Break his wrist. Break his arm. End up phasing him through the side of the boat into the ocean. And and it's really good. It's like, okay, well, let's do a twirl. Let's do a dip. And now a do. And sends him. And this guy's like, don't kill me. Because as he's going, he's phasing through things. She could just let him go. And now he's part of the ship. Uh, But they end up doing it. And it's really, really badass. You do see Pyro, like I said, like nobody kicks Storm and ends up going and you're like, okay, well, Pyro's there. He's not on fire at this point. What is he doing? He ends up just, he bites Batrock the Leaper, who the Batrock the Leaper then karate chopped. He ends up, uh, neck punch. He gets him. He gets him there. But they end up taking the ship and you end up having Kitty go down below. She phases through to see, okay, yep, the medicine's all here. And that's where Batrock comes. And this is why I like Batrock. And I think the last time I ended up reading anything with Batrock was in the Black Cat book, uh, the regular deal going Jed McKay's Black Cat. I think that's what it was, like the annual or something. And I really like him there. And I don't know tons about him, but every time he shows up, I like him a little more because he's, you know, the bad guy, but he's not bad. And he ends up going down below with Kitty and saying, hey, listen, you know, and he even says, hey, Kitty, she's like, it's Kate. You know, that's what I'm okay. Well, Kate, and he's like, listen, you know, I don't want to fight with Krakoa. You know who I'm working for, which is Sebastian. And maybe we can come to like an agreement where the ship sank, some of the cargo goes to you, some goes to uh, whatever. And the thing is that Kitty, Kate, she knows, yes, I know who you work for. That's why we're doing this. We want to humiliate them. We want to, plus, This stuff's supposed to go to Africa. You're taking it to a country club in America. That's not what we're doing here. But 
we really do want to screw over and embarrass and pretty much send a message to Sebastian. And that's what we're doing here. And she ends up saying, I hope you understand, Monsieur. And he's like, we. Oui. And like, it's not personal. Bien. And then she just puts him in this life raft. And he's like, hey, you know, at least if we're in this life raft here, can you throw us like the, the wet bar, the mini bar? You know, those little bot and you end up pyro. No, no, we we already drank those. <laughs> They're all gone. And he's like, oh, man. So they go and they are going to say and in the deal, they're going to go to Taipei to pick up somebody. If you've been reading all the books, you would guess, OK, that should be Bishop. He was in Taipei. He ended up warning Xavier that there was going to be trouble there uh, before Xavier, unfortunately, was killed. But you end up with Storm. Hey, when we get to. You know, Taipei, whatever. we're going to return the ship to somebody, right? We're going to return it to its rightful owner. Yeah, Pyro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll find the owner. No, no. They get there, and it's Bobby and Pyro pretty much doing an auction. He's like, do I hear 50? Thank you. I have 50. Do we have 55? And hey, Iceman, tell them what else they're bidding on. And Iceman, it's a boat. It's nice. And everybody's bidding, and they're doing that. Well, we go back to Emma and Sebastian where, yep, your boat. Your boat is done. You lost the boat. You lost the shipment, all that. And also, you know, Batrock, he, he's kind of pissed off at you sort of like that. But we're going to figure out, you know, who is going to be this next big person because I'm the one who has already appointed that. I've already made whoever is going to be the Red King or Queen. And you end up having Sebastian. How is that possible? You You couldn't have done that. And Emma just says, well, at one point, I was the only one on the board. So I put it up to the vote. I'm like, hey, everybody, uh, you, you want to go with this candidate? And it was unanimous. I voted yes. And he is pissed. He is so, so pissed. And again, this is all just a game uh, for the most part. And Emma, she really just wants to. And she says, I wish I could see what happens when... Sebastian goes and finds whatever witch breed or nonsense that he was going to have in the the seat. I want to see how he explains why that's not going to happen. But back in Taipei, you have Kate, the rest of the team gathering tons and tons of liquor and going off to find Bishop. Bishop says, you're late. You know, what's going on? And they don't know what's going on, what's happening, who's been hurt. And that's where Bishop says, Xavier's dead. The assassins made it onto the island. And you do have what I said and what everybody had to have thought right away. Well, the five, they they can bring them back. And they don't know, though. They're like, we don't know that. Uh, we're not sure. You have Kate. She's just guzzling. She, she's been really, a, you know, a drinky, drinky, drinky poo for her at every step. And they go off to a tattoo parlor. Uh, to get some tattoos if they want. They're just kind of hanging there for a bit as well. Kate is getting some of those badass on your knuckles tattoos where Pyro goes too overboard and gets a face tattoo. Don't don't go face tattoo, please. And I it really upsets me. I, I don't like the look. I actually like him, just him, but it does set him apart. He gets kind of a skull tattoo on his face. Uh you end up having Bobby say, no, my my ten my body's a temple. It's a wonderland it is. Storm doesn't want a, t- uh, a tattoo. You end up having Bishop. I already got one. I got this big one in my eye. So whatever, we'll do this. Kate ends up paying this guy, this tattoo artist, like 
a trillion dollars. He just she just throws money. He's like, I can't take all of this. And it's a pretty good setup for maybe this is a safe house, or at least she says, I'll be back when I'm broke, and then you'll help me someday. Ends up making out with this guy, takes a cape that's hanging there, and then goes off where they find Gateway, who is going to, you know, make a gate so they can go off. They end up going off to London Town, where there's a humongous ship. I mean, this thing is humongous. I don't know how this is allowed anywhere in any place because of the idea it has cannons all over the place but you end up pyro he wants to steal it you know he's like we're gonna we're gonna steal this right no 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 that that's our ship this is this is the marauder this is our ship it's humongous and you end up having pyro's like yep now that's the be- evidence i'm still dead i'm in heaven this is the best she tells them all to go yeah you know go on the ship find your quarters pick which ones they are for you i'm gonna head i'm gonna do a little shopping she goes off And you have Bob even make like this ice thing for her to go off the ship over to land to go shopping uh, where you go back to Emma and Sebastian still screaming, yelling, what is this? How dare you? This is ridiculous. You know, Sebastian's just like, you can't do this and ends up grabbing Emma and slamming her into the wall as as she ends up hardening up. The wall gets destroyed. And that's where she says. This wall is just more red ink on your tab. Perhaps your affinity for debt is an emerging secondary mutation for you. Some of the best trash talk for a mutant ever, I think. And you end up having Sebastian say, there will be no red king, you bit. And he's about to, you know, call her a, a bad word, the B word. And then you see from off panel, actually, and Emma's just laughing. Actually, I'm the Red Queen, bitch. And it's it's Kate. She's there with her hold fast tattoos on her knuckles, drinking again, black eye, and in her cool ass outfit. And then when you do turn, you have the Hellfire Trading Company. You have the white with Emma leading it, the black with Sebastian leading it, and now the red with Captain Kate Pride leading it and I Bishop is awaiting and Knight the title vacant so what You end up having here Is the only Secondary deal the Bishop part is Christian Frost for Emma But you're gonna have Kate You know pick her deal and all that Going forward and it's cool but even just that It's a really good issue it really is It's a fun issue I love The trash talking but I love Kate drunken Kate I love seeing Bat Rock the Leaper. I'm just going through this and just, I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time reading it. It was a very quick read. I had a smile on my face, which doesn't happen often. So yeah, I'd suggest that if you're going to read some of the books, not all of them, I think Marauders is one that you would enjoy if you are like me. Everybody has their own opinions though, but that's it. That's it for the catch up for this episode. Like I said, we're going to have more and more catch-ups for these x-books so that we can get to where i'll start talking about the new ones as they come out in a side episode by myself brandon is not going to catch up on the x-book so it'll be just me i hope that that does not put a frown on your face because i'd like to turn that frown upside down i will tell you if you want to find us all around you can go to twitter we're at ws marvel comics if you follow us we'll follow you back and As I go through these books, and if you do follow us or already do on Twitter, please don't be shy. You can tell me, and I know 
that there's going to be things that I say that are wrong or I don't quite get. And it'd be great for people to kind of, you know, let me know. And then, and then we'll all be better going forward, stuff like that. I don't get upset about that. We also have a website. It is weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, which we review. The new books, when they come out right now, we're having some older retro reviews as well as stuff that catches up on series kind of like this and also authors and creative teams as well. And also we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where I do a bunch of shows quite like this, but some other stuff, classic books, things like that. Um, As we get towards getting closer and closer to the new books coming out, I do have catch-up shows on the Patreon as well. Uh, One of the books that I am going to be caught up for by the time we get back is The Immortal Hulk. I have, I think, four or five more issues to catch up on. Uh, That being, I'm having podcasts to catch up on. And I think I will actually have just Immortal Hulk deal. Like, I'll go through two or three at a time so we get to there uh, by the time those come back. But I said I even mentioned other books that I'm catching up on, even like a book like uh, the Dr. Doom book or the, I said, Jane Foster Valkyrie, which I'm enjoying a lot of the books that I am enjoying and going and catching up so that when we come back, we can expand the roster of all the books that we talk about, especially now since we have, you know, three or four episodes a week, which again, that's just the way we're going to roll for now. I kind of like doing that. I kind of like just popping in and out have something for you to listen to at work or at home if you are ones that are in the quarantine as I am. So I hope that you uh, like it, appreciate it, enjoy it, whatnot. But again, thanks, everybody. I hope. Oh, and I I don't think I gave a score. I'm giving Marauders a 9 out of 10. I have it right here in my notes. And I I thought, boy, I don't think I said that. But yeah, 9 out of 10. I really like the art and the story. It's a fun deal. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you soon.